what's going on. Hello and welcome. This is Exit the Stage Door and I am your host, Aaron Teachman. Thank you for joining us again. This week, it's the delightful artistic co-artistic directors of Field Trip Theater, Maureen Monterubio and Nick Vargas. I had the great pleasure of being able to carve out some time for them in well, and we ended up in the well, we ended up in the sound office of uh Shakespeare Theater Company. That's how things work out. And I, which, you know, we, that was a that was a pretty good thing. Uh so I'm 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 pretty happy with that turned out. All things considered, <laughs> thank you to SCC and to Rock in particular for uh, being so generous as to lend us their space. So here's the thing. Uh, I have a bunch of fancy microphones. Most of the time, the fancy microphones have no problem recording their tracks into the computer. This time, there was a minor problem recording all of those tracks into the computer. Marine is quieter and not quite as vibrantly present as Nick and I are, which is a shame. She's a delightful person, and uh, I'm I'm really happy that you that we that I can bring you this whole conversation. Uh, but I'm really kind of bummed that I screwed up that whole microphone thing. That's sort of my job as a sorry. Uh, that's sort of my job as a as a podcast producer, and uh, but it turns out all right. You can definitely still more hear Maureen, and uh, Nick and I are definitely there. And this was a wonderful conversation. I had a chance to meet up with the artistic directors of Field Trip Theater. Um, they're doing some really cool work, including Bigger Than You, Bigger Than Me. Lieutenant Sprinkle didn't save me, uh, and the parking lot place, something that I'm particularly stoked about. Um, we talked about it during the episode. We were really hoping that uh, Cat Fringe would adopt the parking lot place as part of their festival over the course of the summer, but uh, for whatever reason, that didn't quite work out. Field Trip, <laughs> Field Trip Theater is moving forward with the production because it's a freaking brilliant idea. Uh, Gus Haggerty is uh, one of the driving forces behind that, and he's an incredible director. I'm sure you'll hear his name again, I'm very excited to say. And I've worked with him before, so I'm, yeah, I'm biased, but uh, he's good, so I'm biased in a good way. Uh, That won't happen under the auspices of Cat Fringe, but they're definitely dedicated to moving that project forward, and I look for, I for one am super stoked about that project, and I can't wait uh, for the parking lot place to find their uh, form in whatever way that is. I've already wasted quite a lot of your time. Uh, sorry. I, I'm probably louder than I should be, but the washing, the dishwasher is going, so that's making me louder than I think I ought to be. It's really super late at night, and we're cranked. Uh, thanks for joining us. This is episode uh, some number, 13 maybe, something like that. Anyway, um... Marine Monterubio and Nick Vargas, the artistic directors of Field Trip Theater. Field Trip, yeah! Thank you. Enjoy. Made that error in the past with Rachel Grossman, sadly. It was a lovely interview, and that was really fun. It was kind of fun, though, and it was like, what's that kid saying? I'm a Ghostbuster. (laughs) That kid it's was. Cool the Ghostbusters are still around. Oh my gosh, that kid was amazing. And the nanny was like, "Shh, stop it." I didn't listen to that one yet. You just ruined it. I ruined the whole thing. Is this too low? You think? I don't know. I'm sure Aaron will tell you. Uh, Your chair goes so much lower than my chair. I think because it's supposed to be at this high now. Oh. Do you want to switch? Memory ball. Good. I don't want oh, to. Oh no. There. Oh, that's right, because I accidentally recorded 65 minutes of, basically until the, yeah, until the batteries ran out, and so there's this giant, I have yet to learn how to delete things from here, so that's exciting. Uh, okay. We'll roll without the backup, so let's, let's oh, just, wow. let's, yeah, here let's, we go. let's live dangerously, because you guys have busy lives, and this was difficult to arrange, so. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, no, that's, that's exciting yeah. and cool that you guys have. We are recording right now, just so you know. Oh, shit. Put stuff. I just moved the mic stand. 
Oh, you just messed it all up. Well, fuck. And now there's a backup. Oh, and you're sinking. You're sinking. Maybe that's why it keeps moving. And I think we're good. Oh, yeah, that's great. Is that better? You're not sinking anymore. Okay, cool. That's solid, yeah. Oh, yeah, you look great. Yeah. Great. All you right. got to get right in there. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Welcome to some place that I am not master of. This is we are in the sound office at Shakespeare Theater Company because of the generosity of the uh, what is his official title? Uh, he's the assistant sound supervisor. Oh, thank you. His name is thank Rock, you. and he worked at Arena Stage as well. Wow. And he has an organized sound office. It's very clean. <laughs> very impressed. It's awesome. We can attest to the quality of the work done in the shop at Shakespeare Theater. <laughs> Uh, apparently, have you, he, he was telling me a little bit about the NT Live that they're showing tonight. It's called John. It's from Deviate, mm-hmm. and they do. It's a a really super bizarre story about yeah, rape and oh. child services and in London male sexual desire. Uh, apparent. I mean, it's it's from the National Theater, so yeah, it must be. <laughs> so it's just a recording of the show. Yeah, oh. yeah. They have a special receiver. They they test it down here, and then they throw it into the projector up there. And cool. Yeah. I have no idea how many of the patrons tonight will know yeah. what they're <laughs> getting. Come into Shakespeare Theater. Yeah. And some sexual desire. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's typical Shakespeare, though. Yeah. Yes, if you're being honest with yourself. Yeah. That's Honestly. typical Shakespeare. Which we try not to be. <laughs> honest with yourself? I don't know. <laughs> this is off to a great start. I love it. Yes. So, I... I uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> True. Can we still say that, though? Okay. I think you got us a whole month. Yeah, I guess so. That's fair. Who's going to be like, oh. I feel by next week, though, it's like enough's happened. It's been a busy two weeks, so. You are the first one in the new year, though. Oh, well, let's high five to that. There you go. Bam. I love it. You guys, so, wow, yeah. So many places to start. Like, you guys are co-artistic directors of field trip how does that work well how do you how do you call that what do you what do you, you know that, that is as? something we are discussing no okay, so i yeah. i i i so i'm the artistic director okay but maureen and i currently we share a lot of duties that an artistic director of a small theater company would do gotcha and that's because i know i could not do it alone and maureen is wicked smart and so mm. that's why i was like if i'm gonna do this I'm bringing you with me. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah. So my my fancy fancy business card says artistic associate. Oh okay. But yeah. that was by her was choosing. By her I was okay. trying to do something other fancy, but she didn't really. She wanted to be like creative. Like we actually did something creative, and I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so. But it's a title, and it's around. a it's yeah. Just, yeah. We tackle things together, though. Exactly. So the whole nice. team kind of tackles things yeah. together. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a big, it's not a big group, but it's a lot of stuff that we're figuring out how. Right, because you're you're transitioning to becoming more formal, sort of at this point, right? Uh, like... I might use the word formal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to go beyond fringe. I yeah. think. Right, that's... right. So you're producing it more in different ways, mm-hmm. so exactly. that's necessitating the change. Yeah. Yes. And building a team of right. people that do pretty much everything, you know. <laughs> so. The other half of it is drifting downward. I... Oh, you are sinking. Is it the whole thing? I think it's um, the one nearest to you is what there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I see. Oh, God. You got it. There's a lot of things happening. Yeah, right there's now. a lot of moving parts in that, there, there which go. is good. And I think the sand is just like really. Yeah, it does seem that way. Yeah. Well, it's well used. So I'm shrinking. Rivening radio as we go. Just laying down. Yeah, it's pretty tight. Should we help you or should we just watch? No, it? it's fine. Let's just okay. keep talking. Okay, yeah. It, uh, we should we should cover in the. Well, I mean, it's riveting to watch uh, as I'm thinking about what this it's will like sound like. Like watching paint dry yeah. right now, <laughs> fixing a mic stand. Depends on what kind of paint. That can be really fun. Mm, that's true. Like no. Paint that yeah, mostly. That's okay. a, that's kind of what I was thinking of. Yeah. Hmm. UV paint is really interesting too because it sort of disappears. Like it, oh. it paints a color and then it disappears. And then, obviously... It... Like that sunscreen I had to use as a kid so we didn't get burned. The purple one? Yeah. It's like oh, yeah, yeah. We never afforded that. that was, <laughs> yeah. It's for fancy people. Yeah. No, it was for white, really, really pale people like me. You had to sit under an umbrella or something with your shirt on, which was not fun or cool. Yeah, that sounds horrible, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. 
Yeah, but anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Maureen uh, is pale, and we've been back <laughs> today. Great. Uh, so, uh, you'll have to forgive me. I totally forgot the name. I've been following what you guys do on Facebook, uh, and I wish I could have gone to the reading. Uh, what's what's oh. the show that you're producing again? Yeah. Yeah, so this next show is called Bigger Than You, Bigger Than That's Me. Right. Bigger Than You. And it's by Catherine Coughlin. And I keep saying in my head, well, her, so her, her stage name, no, her real name is Catherine Coughlin. Yes. And that's her professional name, and she's a very professional lady. But I, she goes by Kate, so. Yeah. Oh, okay. If we talk about it more, right. we're going to probably talk about <laughs> Kate. Talk about Kate. Okay. Sorry, Kate. Sorry, Kate. <laughs> Catherine. But, um, yeah, so it's, yeah, we just had a reading in December at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cafe oh, St. Yeah. X. Cafe Saint X. Yeah, it was yeah. really awesome in their downstairs space. Um, and it was really a wonderful reading, I thought. Um, and we're producing and going up in the first two weeks of March. First week? Okay. Well, what venue are you putting it up at? Anacostia Arts. No, Anacostia Center, Center for the Arts, the, ACA. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Which is a really, really amazing space. Yeah, I haven't been there. I I, I did. I, I worked with the ballet at the town hall, mm-hmm. um, over the arc over there. Um, yeah, by yeah, the, yeah. By the metro station, but I've heard really good things about the Anacostia. Yeah, we did a little field trip. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a. <laughs> okay, so, no more puns. I don't know. <laughs> um, and it's it's really cool because I think as a whole, it's just very. It's a collective space. There are studios mm-hmm. in there, so you you have visual art. You have oh okay. Um, I think they have music events. There's a cafe. Like it feels um, like a center for the arts. Like yeah. It is. So it's nice that um, we feel really lucky that we're able to do our first show of our new re- relaunch season, expanded mm-hmm. season there. And I think too, it's important um, as DC theater expands to Anacostia. Oh yeah. I'm excited that we're able to kind of be a part of that movement, if you will, if you can say that. Because for the longest time, you're like, oh, it's inaccessible, right? Right, yeah. But so many companies our size, mm-hmm. even bigger, are doing that move over there, either to the yeah. Playhouse or right. to the Center for the Arts. So it's really nice to be also with good company yeah. Yeah. who are finding it successful. And um, so, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and we're excited, too, because I think... Um, so Nick and I have both directed a, pro- a workshop production with Field Trip that was the friend show right. that ended up being produced. And I think that something that we've talked about a lot is the opportunity, the workshops are wonderful, and I love mm-hmm. workshops. And I, I really honestly do, and that's something that being in DC has really taught me about new plays and how, how a play is built. But that process doesn't stop when you've done like this three rehearsal yeah. workshop. Right, you right. You need a full production. Absolutely, yeah. And even yeah. after then, you're still finding things, which is something that I know was super intriguing for us to say, okay, well, instead of just doing one and one person gets to go to Fringe, like, we should give these opportunities to playwrights and to us to work on your plays and guarantee a playwright, okay, you get this production, this workshop, yeah. and we're going we're gonna to take it all away. Right, yeah. It's a little bit scary at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But really exciting. And, and Kate, Catherine's play is really awesome. I just, I'm really excited about it. We just had auditions. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. This past weekend. All right. And I don't know. I went to the bathroom, let's just say that. And I came out <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm really pumped about this play. <laughs> and it's so, I mean, not if, if you don't get to say that too often, especially no, in new yeah. work where you're like, there could be so many things that are up in the air and you're like, well, what are I, what are the things I'm trying to accomplish in this? Right arena like it, we can't it's not gonna be perfect so let's try to work on the characters or the plot mm-hmm. but like this one i think is something that um she's so smart as a writer mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. um and we've got a great dramaturg Mez- megan mezzin who's mezzin no. megan westman oh okay um, yeah. Yeah. who's also part of our team um and then just we had a really wonderful workshop cast who gave her a lot of things mm-hmm. um yeah to think about and so i'm really excited for our next draft which we'll get in a couple weeks really soon yeah yeah, so it's gonna be good. Yeah, cool. Very cool. Very cool. What well, are you gonna still use? Um, use Fringe as some sort of as, as like a laboratory for? Yeah, yeah, for... yeah. So we've got. Um, so Maureen will also be directing our second show, which will be outside the Fringe venue. Um, and you can tell us that name because I never can remember <laughs> it because it's the Great Lieutenant Sprinkle didn't save me, and that's by Jack Novak. Oh, that's that actually awesome title. <laughs> um, I yeah, it's pretty cool as long as I get it right. Sorry, Jack. No. Um, but so that show actually came out of a plexography with Rorschach. 
Oh, oh, okay. Of 2015 now, October of 2013, Jack and I got paired. Mm-hmm. Um, and are you, you, do you know Plex? I don't. Okay, so it's a play in a week festival, basically. Okay. Around okay. Halloween, though. Yeah. So oh, it's okay. kind of some sort of haunted yeah, something. So this one, yeah, this one was DC yeah. Haunts. Yeah. I guess the last one was too. Kind of haunting. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so Jack and I got paired together and, and we were given a ghost story. Um, and then this wonderful little play came out of it. And Jack and I kept talking about it and how good the experience was. And I was like, I, oh, I want this play to grow. Like, mm, really yeah. Play to grow. Yeah. And and the collaboration with Jack was great. And so then this opportunity came up, and I was like, "Hey, Jack, remember <laughs> that play we've been like talking about? How are we gonna make this happen? We're gonna make it happen." Yeah. Um, so that's really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, and we're exploring how that will, um, where that will be performed. It's actually loosely based. Uh, the ghost story is from a police station in Eastern Market. So oh. It would be really cool to be in that area. Oh, yeah. That's kind of what we're exploring right now. Okay, yeah. How can we implement um, that environment Mm -hmm. into the playing space, which Mm -hmm. is something, like, I'm really interested in, and Jack and I have talked a lot about. And Jack is a divisor in his own right and um, a great playwright and an actor as well. So that's been something that's been a big topic of conversation as we work through this piece is um, what is the audience's experience and how do we get them to be a part of the ghost story with us. Mm. So, oh yeah, we'll no, that's very interesting. Goes. Yeah, um, but yeah, and then uh, yes, and fringe. Then our fringe show. <laughs> yes, so we <we've laughs> applied for a fringe. fringe. You, you don't find out yet. <laughs> so this, by the time this goes up, we might know, but um, we'll hopefully know. But we're hoping to do a um, site-specific piece. Oh, so we've done three years of give us all the best fringe venue you can give us, and let's mm-hmm. make something happen. And we've had really great. Um, outcomes with that so we feel a little bit adventurous and we've pitched a site-specific piece um, that actually came through Gus Haggerty oh is this the parking lot place yeah that would be super cool if that works out yeah I love Gus he was the I mean he was he worked here for a while yeah 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 Yeah, so we're um, and we had a good Skype conversation back in early November or late Mm -hmm. October about it and um, so even if fringe doesn't happen, we're hoping to make this happen in the mm. summer anyway. Um, but we've got, it's basically, and we've got three great playwrights. So Liz Maestri. Yeah, love Liz. Liz yeah, Liz, absolutely. David Robinson. I'm not familiar with him. But David yeah. wrote um, one of our um, workshop productions. Terminals. Terminals. A couple, oh, oh, okay. A couple okay. seasons ago, which, which Maureen directed. directed. Um, and it's actually gotten great, great life after that. Yeah. And David's oh, that's doing so great. really wonderful yeah. things yeah, around the country. Um, and then Noelle... Vinyas. Oh yeah, I follow her on Twitter. Yeah. Yes. She's awesome. Um. So those are our three playwrights that are going to write some sort of short something or other. We're not exactly sure around um, a group of actors that will be cast and to take place in a parking lot on the H Street corridor. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That's so, the. I was wondering which parking lot. Like what? Because so I always be- imagine, and so gosh, let's just knock on some wood right now. Um, the AutoZone parking lot. <gasps> oh my gosh! Which everyone who probably who's ever been to H Street. Yeah. And God only knows that AutoZone wouldn't let us yeah. use their space, but we'll see. I don't know. There's a lot of variables that we haven't figured out yet. But, right. Yeah. Um, those are that's kind of the next step, step is to yeah figure them out. <laughs> um, so we're really excited about that. That's yeah. That's a that's a very cool project. I've been following that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, and we've been talking a lot within within that context. Also, like how again how the audience will perceive that in terms of like oh well and just brainstorming like we yeah. had like a big brainstorming session. But mm-hmm. it's like oh well, what happens if the actors are in the car and there's a mic in the car and you're eavesdropping on? Like, oh yeah. Like how how does how, how does that environment affect? Which I think is what's interesting about being a site-specific piece. Absolutely. really making sure that, like, this has to take place in this parking lot, you know, yeah. at dusk or whatever. And um, and just exploring that, which is a yeah. lot of fun. And it's um, it's something that we as Field Trip want to give those opportunities to people. like Because it's really scary to say, I mean, I've self-produced before. And be like, okay, let's let I'm, I have this great idea. I'm going to do this play. And then there's all these other things that you totally forget about having to deal with yeah. when you're producing a work. So it's nice to be able for us to 
believe in a project and give the opportunity to to these directors and playwrights and yeah, absolutely yeah yeah definitely I concur <laughs> <laughs> I also love the idea of like I mean obviously you haven't I, I, I saw the tiny house plays and mm-hmm. the way oh, that they yeah. like variously incorporated not just uh, not just the little vignettes that you were watching but the time between the vignettes right. how like that was incorporated into the larger that was so smart. idea yeah I totally agree it was really really good I just love the idea of like slipping into the back seat of some car and just yeah. walking some argument happen in the front seat or whatever yeah. you guys are going to come up with is going to be really I'm, I'm very excited for that it's a great group of people so I'm and Gus really wants it to be kind of a party atmosphere mm-hmm. you know like so, so his original concept conception was like around Memorial Day um, oh, yeah. and it'd be like a barbecue and then this yeah. just so happens that there's a play going on while you're having your your beer and your brats or whatever okay and so we've taken that idea and pitched like let's do fringe with this because right. I think it'd be a great experiment there um, so we're going to hopefully incorporate some sort of element of a a gathering a community something um especially in that neighborhood that like has such a strong community base yeah, yeah. you know i think people would just walk in off the street you know not knowing what this is and yeah. want to be a part of it so. yeah and then somebody goes where's your button i'm just kidding <laughs> oh my gosh we won't have that conversation uh yes probably probably not a good idea <laughs> I love Fringe, though. I love Fringe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, without Fringe, I probably would not be involved with Field Trip Mm. or, you know, doing non-equity theater outside of my day job right now. So, mad props to Fringe, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love the ethic of it, the ethos of it is, of of being a facilitator and not a curator is really, that's really powerful. Uh, Very uh, empowering really mm-hmm. yeah like you said like you wouldn't normally get the chance to do this because they're but they're doing so much of the logistical legwork much of which you wouldn't necessarily think about when if you're in the middle of putting on a play that you've never and just figuring that out yourself yeah. mm-hmm. they can take care of a lot of that as you learn the rest of it definitely, yeah. definitely. and I think too even just like with the furnished tent I mean I, I know that you've had conversations with people about oh we should all just like hang out and drink beer I'm like well that sounds like a fringe tent to me <laughs> yeah like, right French time year round, but um, oh, yeah, 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 and maybe now with their new facility, or yeah. mm-hmm. that will be someplace that can be that, you know, yeah, which would be really cool, definitely. So. A lot of creative accidents happen when a bunch of creative people happen to be in the same place, like, oh, yeah. I haven't seen you in forever, exactly. Oh, remember that time we had that idea? <laughs> Let's have a beer <laughs> and continue to talk. <laughs> so, uh this is the question I ask of all my prey. Uh, do you need day jobs? It sounds like you have other oh, God, yes. jobs as you do. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. For, for now. Sure. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Hopefully. For now, yes. So I'll go first. Okay. Because oh. your job is way more. Sure, 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 sure. Um, I am an executive assistant at a real estate investment bank. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I, I don't do any, I, my job is not uh, theater-centric or creative. In fact, so I moved here from New York uh, just about three years ago. And when I moved, I was so excited because I thought, oh, yes, I am going to get a job in the theater. It's going to be fantastic. Like, this move is going to be so good because I was, the reason I moved is because my um, then man friend, now husband, um, was in school here. Oh, okay, with, yeah. Like, the bus back and forth. Oh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, well, it turns out you don't just get a job in theater. Nope. And when, you're, uh, when your husband's in school, it turns out somebody needs like, health insurance. Turns out. Uh, so, yeah. Right, yeah. So I continued my administrative. There you go. Yeah. But I will say that I've definitely learned a lot about business mm-hmm. just being absolutely yeah a business even a business that isn't um that isn't artistic that i think that those skills have been really helpful um when doing theater administration like when producing in general yeah absolutely so there's definitely been i'm like oh i would have never known how to do all of that hey i know excel shortcuts i love excel and, yeah <laughs> that's exciting um, but the good thing is too is that at five thirty I can leave. Oh yeah, it's, it's not like yeah. one of those jobs where I mean there are definitely people there that are still working. But at five thirty I'm like, okay, I'm off to rehearsal later. Bye. Yeah. Um, and so then I go to rehearsal. So yeah. On days when I am in rehearsal, I 
rehearsal. It's a long day. Sure. But, you know, living the dream. That's how it goes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's why I got out of working at the theater, running mm-hmm. shows, is because if I wanted to do something like right. this, if I wanted to find a group of people who were into that, I would be shut out of it because, like, oh, now I have to go to work. Right. While you guys do the thing that I actually want to do, ah, this sucks. <laughs> so that's why I left. But, yes, mm-hmm. I totally understand that. Yeah. That ethic. But if anybody has a job that wants to hire me, either, <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> once field trip grows. Yeah. Um, and I serve... I work at Imagination Stage in Bethesda, okay. mm-hmm. and I am the artistic and casting coordinator. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. I am around theater basically 24-7. <laughs> but it's very different types of theater. Yeah. Um, so TYA, Theater for Young, young Audiences, is uh, quite different than the work we do. But right. I mean, ha- being there has definitely informed a lot of things that I do with Field Trip, and I think it's been a really great tool for me to mm-hmm. bring to the organization in terms of I know what our contracts look like and I oh, know yeah, what yeah. how a system is for running auditions, for running a show and um I think it's just really been great to bring that um to field trip. Yeah, that experience is really really difficult to come by, particularly dealing with like contracts and knowing how to the ins and outs of dealing with like just the business end of it. It adds so much to what you can do. It expands your ability to work if you can speak in that kind of language to the other people who are and just knowing that, that seems, they yeah. exist, I right. think, is like 90% of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I think there's a lot of people who want to do theater in town and who actually make great art, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to, they don't know that it exists, you know, right. that you need yeah. to have these things. Um, and I've been lucky enough to like, at least know some of it, maybe not everything. <laughs> right. So, um, I'd say you know something. <laughs> Thanks, Maureen. <laughs> Clink. We just fake cheers. Yeah. <laughs> there are the noises we were talking about. <laughs> I, I some there are definitely times when I think that um, it's true. It's true of larger theaters as well. Like even Shakespeare Theater Company, as large as it is, occasionally just invents the wheel because they just. I, I don't even know why. Like it's just because they feel disconnected from the logistics and the back office processes that already do this kind of thing on a much larger scale. But they feel like they have to do it in house, and I feel like a lot of artists who don't understand yet the back office things that happen to enable the art mm-hmm. um, would benefit a lot from some like some, I just think like a consortium or a theater, spe- even if it wasn't specific to a theater, but there was like a group of people they could consult with who's, who, who were both like facilitating and educating. Like even education isn't like necessary, but like the idea would be, I can do this for you and I can tell you what I'm doing if you want right. so that we're just building your capacity in the future. Totally. Do you know those people that can I, talk to us? I don't. <laughs> I don't, unfortunately. I know how to work ovation ticks. <laughs> I, Let me tell yes. you how you do that. But I also <laughs> think, like, even with large organizations, the reason they do that is because every show in production is very different from the last. There's so although you're hiring 20 that, yeah. actors for each show or whatever it is, you're still, like, each actor is going to want different things and then right. they're con- they have a different agent or whatever, it, you know, there's yeah. so many... And, the set is going to need this type of screw, you know, I don't know <laughs> right. if that actually exists, but like, those are the it things that the that's why people has. keep on doing it. Right. And that's yeah. why they're in jobs, day jobs that are in product, like, cause they get excited by like those little things that make it yeah. fun and exciting for them. So, yeah, yeah I think, um, finding those people where that maybe that love theater and that have, a passion for, but maybe aren't like, oh, I'm not an actor. I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I, I have this skill set. Oh, I want to find them more. Yeah. It's so hard. Please contact us. I mean, not that everyone <laughs> wants to be an actor, but like. Right. No, I, I, one of the reasons I, I like doing this podcast is because I think there are a lot of people who don't know the other logistics right. behind theater. Like, when you just consume theater it's really easy to think of only the people who put only the names responsible for the lights or the set or the actors and then the director and the 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 things that show up in the playbill prominently Mm -hmm. um and i totally understand that's 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 the surface that we present to them we try to close off the idea that there's anything other anything else happening 
and you know the lights just wants to get out of the way the whole point of the lights is don't look at the lights look at the people in mm-hmm. this mood and you're not supposed to think about it it's supposed to be subconscious so we present this form and we sort of remove the half of it that that needed to happen the iceberg essentially you know right. like this is the this is the top 20 percent but underneath it if you have an enthusiasm for administration or carpentry or whatever you can also be a part of that iceberg and work your way back up to the top too so yes if you have any (laughs) yeah and i think like i mean it's just so great that i mean at my office there's people who work in development but then they also act on the side you know or they're the registrar and then they're like performing in happenstance shows and Mm -hmm. doing all sorts you know their name from anywhere in a non-equity um program right but then on their the day job is sitting and doing some numbers and it can be hard sometimes to do that but then they have i mean i think it's depending on where you are and the environment and everything and yeah getting your your kicks well you can get them you got it got it <laughs> okay i'm gonna shut up now for a second yep but anyway yeah, yeah. well i think too, like some one something that is so daunting for us which i know that you are so good at <laughs> is like the twitter oh yeah and and communicating what the show is and other like but even just communicating about us while we're not doing anything that's the hardest part oh we have something going on today let me let me look at the twitter and then i don't look at it the fact that she puts the word the in front of twitter is also (laughs) probably one of our bigger issues it's on my phone right now i don't know why well (laughs) maybe you should tweet I did. I read. I, I tweeted an answer back from somebody like yesterday that was from the reading on December fifteenth. Oh wow! Hey. That, that's actually poor Twitter form. I think <laughs> I sure, it can be fun. You know that blast from the past out of the blue yeah. is like, oh, I did say that. Throwback. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thursday. Throwback Thursday. <laughs> no, it's yeah. The social media is so interesting. I. I mean, a lot, a lot of the theater people that I've come in contact with is because I was just observing Twitter and figuring that out. Totally. And it took years for me to sort of understand that as well. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people see it as, oh, something's happening. And like Shakespeare, even Shakespeare, like even really big companies mm-hmm. think of it as, although Hannah is, Hannah Hazel Ratner is doing a great job of like the Twitter nights and the, and the other things, giving control of the Twitter account so that just randomly things that are interesting about Shakespeare or something else pop up so that the point is to be like, it's this stream of consciousness. Right. It, it pops up and then it flows away. So you have to have a constant set of something into the stream. Otherwise it, get, it, it gets lost. So everything I do gets lost. Well, not everything. <laughs> that's the other thing that's so interesting because you don't know what's going to pop and what's not. Like, right. And weird Twitter is all about just non sequiturs, just constantly, and it just works for a lot of people. And in theaters, I think uh, I think we subjugate our personality in the sense that we we represent a group. So representing mm-hmm. the group is hard, and doing it in a way that is both responsible to the artists involved and especially yeah. in the organization, like that's that's difficult to manage. And it's no one's specific job in a lot of places. Right. Like I just saw that the Alley Theater, a place I used to work in Texas, they're hiring a social media coordinator, hmm. which is like, wow. yes, you need a full-time, this is a full-time job to stay engaged and to be the face of the theater. And it's really hard and it takes takes a lot of work. A lot of energy. Yeah, it does take a lot of energy. So That's something too, and I guess maybe this is my, the Twitter naivete speaking, but <laughs> um, DC theater is on Twitter. Oh man, yeah. Like, I didn't even like I didn't have Twitter until I came to DC and it was like you're not on Twitter, you need to get how are you going to know what, what's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, okay." So like I made my account and everything. Um and I think too just as we as like connectivity is becoming this buzzword mm, that yeah. that all theater companies are talking about now and trying to I mean, engage our audience, right? Like yeah. our I mean, we're sitting here in Shakespeare. Like, our audience isn't going to last forever. We need to get a diverse new audience. Yes. And, and by engaging in the way we communicate as a society is how we're going to do that. Yeah, like absolutely. People, <laughs> people need to, to know that the stories are happening <laughs> to come see the story. Yeah, totally. Uh, and what I, what 
the best part of the when I when when I encounter I'm I, I'm a Twitter evangelist obviously mm-hmm. like I lo- I love it I just I get it it's it's obviously difficult to get in the flow it's such a fire hose of information that it can be difficult to and dipping your toe in and out of it feels very mm-hmm. it just feels incomplete like oh I was able to do it for ten minutes well nothing happened like right this was this was weird but then sometimes you get sucked up into the stream like I was on Twitter when like the Ferguson protest started and that all happened on Twitter and then like the Washington Post guys were there and Medium was there and Sarah Kenzior was there and all of a sudden like the whole world on Twitter was talking about only this one thing and it was just an avalanche that you were just glued to uh, which isn't every day but when it does happen it feels really magical but the other part that I always tell about about people first getting into Twitter even even if it's just a theater company is the best part about Twitter is that you don't have to tweet to stay connected yeah you can see what else is going on and that can help inform decisions that you make just by listening. It isn't necessarily always about right away going cuz you then you can see what what succeeds and what doesn't. Like I didn't like the way that guy tweeted like like not not the content. You're just like, "Oh, I didn't follow the flow of that argument very well." So this is when when you finally have something to say, you you've got an understanding of the form. You know, you you have to watch a bunch of plays before you can write a good one. Yeah. So and and Twitter is just a bunch of really condensed plays. It reminds me a lot of I think and this is probably Brockerfield, but I think it was Lincoln who once said that like give me a if you want me to speak for 2 hours, give me 15 minutes. Mm. But if you want me to speak for 5 minutes, you need to give me 2 weeks. <laughs> and it just like and the brevity of of the 140 characters is such an audacious challenge to verbose people like people who work in theater that yeah that even becomes a challenge because you have to you know you have to know yeah. and then you have to process and then you have to reprocess and then it finally you have and to get to the, the core of it i'm actually pretty good at 140 that's all i know because <laughs> <laughs> i remember when i first started tweeting like when i was a baby you know when it first started and i was like You've been on it that long? no well uh. Anyway, but it was hard because you were like, it was such a, because you had Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah. And Facebook was like, tell me your feelings. Yeah. And of course, I had a lot of feelings at the time. (laughs) And then you got to Twitter and you're like, I can only tell you my feelings in a hundred. Okay. So that, but now it's like, I'm pretty witty. So I'm pretty witty world. (laughs) Um, But Well, that's what, and that plays really well. Like pith and irony and wit play so well on Twitter. It is the perfect place for bon mal and just like little epigrams it's great oscar wilde would kick twitter's ass <laughs> mm. and it's a great place to develop i mean social media in general just to develop a voice especially yeah. if a company like our size um and age like we can say a lot of things you know and either people will listen or they won't but we know exactly what we our viewpoint is on it and we don't have to be afraid of you know offending certain things not that we would try to do that but you know right so yeah it gives you that input that the bigger theaters have and we have yeah mm-hmm. we're all on the same playing field then exactly yeah. yeah and in some ways you're way ahead of them like if you, some of those some of the bigger theater companies Did you hear what we said about <laughs> <laughs> it's it's amazing how just like lumbering some of them are like you there's YouTube channels for major regional theaters who regularly produce outstanding art that is like a headshot of somebody talking for five minutes. Right. You you know better than that. You've hired a projection designer to produce better content <laughs> than that. What are you doing? <laughs> it's crazy. And but some of them just don't feel like they have the time. Like oh, we've got to produce this play, so we don't have time to do that. It's like, no, content factory. You are a content factory. You have time to produce content. That is your sole purpose in existence. You just need to broaden the idea of it a little bit beyond the play thing that's happening. That's cool too. But well, I also think it's you have to know why you're doing the play for an audience for to like give a message. You also need to communicate and like open that world up to them. Yeah. And if your audience is on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook, then you've got to really spend time in doing that. You know and make those a realm for them to be active and involved yeah. and engage. Yeah. Um, Cause otherwise you're not serving the, your company, the play, the people who are working on it. And you're, you're just saying, Oh, my postcard that goes out or my E news yeah. is what yeah. people need to see, you know? Right. I think Wooly did a good job. Of, um, it was stupid fucking bird. Oh they yeah. Had, they had all these YouTube videos that linked. Hmm. And it was, and so you heard like Kimberly Gilbert talk about it. And then you like linked to, Aaron Posner and then Howard. Oh, yeah, and, that's so um, cool. 
I can't know how it <laughs> But, which was really, that was, and then all of a sudden I was so, I was there for 30 minutes, like, listening to this story, to this message, and I was so excited, yeah. and I then was in the show, and that drove me to it. Now, I would have seen it anyway, but yeah. somebody who maybe wouldn't have seen but, it. But, right, it helps, yeah. Have you heard of Pembroke Digital? Mm-mm. They did no. the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. They're also, I think they're doing Frankenstein, and they did um, Emma, but they called it something else. Yeah. But it's all, it takes, it's like five-minute video clips done as a diary, like a video diary, a vlog, if you will. Oh. Um, but beyond that, it's the, so the Lizzie Bennett Diaries is uh, Pride and Prejudice, yeah. um, and it's, but it's not just the videos. So all of the characters in the videos have Twitter accounts and other social media accounts, and they all talk to each other. Oh, wow. So there, you have to get the full version of Pride and Prejudice. You, you watch the video and then follow them on Twitter and then follow like the gossipy world of Regency England transported to modern-day America and experienced it in real time. Like It took a year for them to do it. Oh, I'm sure. They did it like slowly, and uh, there's a DVD now of it, So which I'm sort of feeds the purpose of how they did it originally, but... <laughs> But that was just a way to reward their fans. They did a Kickstarter. And this oh, is totally. the, the Kickstarter was not just for the DVD. I believe the DVD was a reward on the Kickstarter so mm. that they could start Pembroke Digital, which applied this idea to other uh, classical works of literature that they could, that are That's basically... Like virtual site-specific work. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was. It's super cool. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. yeah. should link Excuse it. Excuse me while I go into an internet hole. <laughs> five hours. That's what's funny too, because it's five minutes over a, over a bunch of weeks. Like when you total up the number, you've certainly binge watched House of Cards in more time than it takes to watch all of the Lizzie Bennet Diaries yeah. if you wanted to binge it. So like when you total it up, it's such it's a really small amount, and it's part of your day. It's just a daily routine. It's like oh, check the new one, check the new one, yeah. check the new one, and then you know. It's Thursday. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I, that. Oh my gosh. Okay, I haven't been involved, so we can't talk about uh, it. Okay, but I'm that's sorry. how that's how I that's my that's my podcast schedule is mm-hmm. what day is it? Right. It's Friday. Okay, that this is the football podcast that I listen to on Friday. It's Wednesday. Okay. Uh, well, I I was born in Michigan, so I root for the Lions. Okay. And I went to school in Pittsburgh, so I root for the Steelers. Okay. Which is. I have no qualms with either. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is your team? Uh, I am. Uh, now I will say, fortunately, a Tennessee volunteer. Ah, okay. It's been a hard decade. Yeah, it has. A break by break, I believe. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> makes fun of me. I care very little about college football because <laughs> oh, I went yeah. to school that had no college team. Oh, where did you go to school? Emerson in Boston. Oh, you went to school at Emerson. That is such a theater, like. The hub is not the word I was. Incubator is the word I really wanted. Now it is, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was. It's, it was always. It was wonderful when I was there. I was very happy. But now that they have this whole producing wing, yeah, or like, yeah. I mean, and bringing in all these things that are coming internationally and stuff. I was yeah. like, sons of bitches. I wish <laughs> you waited two more years. And... Where? When did you go there? Uh, I just graduated in 2010. Okay, so recently, yeah. Recently, yes. I know one of the stage managers. I don't really know. It feels less than five years, but it's like five years. Well, and a bunch of dramaturgs came out of there as well, and a bunch of playwrights that I that are here. And I guess Noel, who Noelle. is yeah. one of our playwrights, yeah. who I've yet to meet, is also from Emerson. And then this kid emailed me or emailed our work, my work today, and said, also is interested in coming down here. And I just, I am a great champion for people to come to DC. Absolutely, yeah. Because I mean, most people either go to New York or they go to LA because we have a huge film thing. Oh, okay. Program. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, people, if you're looking for great regional theater work, and I think you can make a living here doing whatever yes. you want, and you can be in a theater person and feel really successful and happy about that, you should definitely come here. That's my plug for DC Because <laughs> I came just on a whim of like getting this apprenticeship at Imagination. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, But that was after I'd been here a weekend the January before moving down here and I just met with a few people <laughs> at a couple different theaters and I was like it seems like the next logical choice for me mm. I could get burned in New York and work at Starbucks or The Gap yeah. or whatever which I'm sure and a lot of people actually have been really successful there but yeah. the percentage I think is a lot yeah. smaller but I'm no mathematician so <laughs> no I think uh, I think the math works out even if you were a mathematician Yeah, I made the same 
I made that mistake. I was like, oh, I'll go to New York. There's lots of opportunities. Like, oh, yeah, but I'm, the pool is so large that the opportunities are actually nowhere near enough. And I think if you really are, I mean, if you're smart, dedicated, and you want to push, 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 and New York is what you want to do, you will make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't have the money to do that. And, that was, and if you have some key. resources, that's yeah. great, too. I worked at Macy's, and that was not <laughs> enough. Yeah. When I moved to New York after school... I slept in my sister's foyer for six months. Wow. I, well, I mean, I slept on my friend's couch <laughs> wow. in uh, Jersey City. Oh, yeah. Right by the path station. Yeah, when which she is... left for work in the morning, the <laughs> door hit my bed. She'd be like, get up and find a job. I was very fortunate because I had a sister who really super loved me and was so kind and let me sleep in her foyer. Right, yeah. When I moved to New York with $500 in my pocket. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a familiar story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was, um, when I came down to D.C., was so amazed at the new play opportunities. Like, mm, I yeah. am so thankful that I came to D.C. when I came to D.C. because that I was um, trying to figure out who I wanted to be as a director. Mm. Um, and I had worked on a workshop in New York um, and, and really enjoyed it. But I was still not sure how to do that. <laughs> Which I think is something that we're all like. I'm mm-hmm. talking right. About. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but coming to DC with, I mean, Field Trip was one of the first companies I worked with, mm-hmm. and they were like, "We do new play workshops." I was like, "Oh my god, that's what I, maybe I want to do that." And then I fell in love with it, and then um, I've I've been able to work with Inkwell. Um, oh yeah, was, I um, yeah, I read for them in their last round of. I did too. You read a lot more plays than I did. <laughs> I I read a play a week, and it was tough. It was hard. Of, like, yeah. Then I was in rehearsal and I was like, ah, I have to do this. Um, but yeah, so so Inkwell and then Source I, mm-hmm. and, and all of these opportunities and then Rorschach and just these, and they're all different. They're, they're so different. Um, but it's all these different aspects of how plays are made and different ways that plays can be made. And I think ultimately working um, in that community from all those different styles and skill sets have, has helped me become... Um, a, a, a decent play director I'll say. Mm. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> I looked at Nick and Well, I've just we've well, we were momentarily distracted by yeah. yes, <laughs> some form of stormwater slash water, water chiller, yeah, thing yeah. happening. Today, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't think that was supposed to happen. To your credit, um, <laughs> it like popped off. Yeah, that that's fun. Okay. Well, that pipe might fall. Oh, and the show's starting too. Oh, oh yeah, I should. I should. Hey, what's that? Uh, we should probably turn off the show feed and hold on. Talk amongst yourselves. One of us must breathe a word of what we found. Oh no, nope. Oh, oh I see it. As seen live, there's the uh, R rated oh. on John <laughs> showing for you. That means it's 7:30. Just in case. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna bleed through just because, but it's fine. The mics yeah. are fine. It's still not Port City Java, so and there's. I'm a Ghostbuster. That was so great. It was so hard to keep myself keep it all together, focused. Yeah. She was. I felt so bad for her because it was clear that the grandmother was just like <gasps> mortified oh. that the child wasn't like reacting to the signals that she was trying to give it, right. and she couldn't move to the other place. And I felt really bad for her. It's like it's okay. It's yeah. totally fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where were we? What were we talking about? I'm not sure. Yeah, that's okay. Segway. Awkward. Well, I did want to make a point though about the playwrights and the people oh, yeah. that we kind of worked yeah. with. Um, Oh, we're talking about the new pleasure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I was so Jack and Maureen met through a thing with Rorschach, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Kate. Actually, the first time Jack and I met was at a field trip reading. We were both really new in town. Was I, it? Like, oh, it was at yeah for Liz for Fallbile, right? Yeah, and I like there was somebody else that like didn't know anybody, and I was like Maureen, you have to go introduce yourself to people. You're in this <laughs> town. You have to go up, and, and so I, I rehearsed in my head. Hello, I'm Maureen Monterubio, and I'm a director. And, and I made myself do that to all these different... And that's how I met Jack, anyway. You said that to people at a bar? And, 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 
That's kind of embarrassing, Maureen. <laughs> but that's how people. You don't. No, I'm just, this is how. I'm about to tell you. Okay. No, but then, so Kate um, is, was a producer, or is a, is. Produce, is a producer for the Source Festival, and I oh, directed. Oh, okay, yeah. He's literary manager now. Oh, okay. Okay, literary okay. manager. Um, cool. But I was, directed the 10-minute plays there, and Maureen also worked on the Source Festival. Um, but, so I didn't even know she was a playwright until we were looking for stuff for this upcoming oh, season. interesting. Um, so it's like I think there's like a lot of interconnectivity between yeah. uh, theaters of all sizes, and it's really great that like you know you could work on a ten minute play festival and the next day just go into rehearsal with something else and see the yeah. same faces and new faces, but like everyone kind of gets to know one another, and I feel like that's a really really positive thing. Yeah, um, and we're really happy to be a part of that community. So we're proud to be a part of that community. Proud and happy. Happy and proud. Um, no, that doesn't work. Uh, I actually know. Do you? Um, a, a, a guy who occasionally overhires with SDC, his name is Gordon Nimmo Smith. He works for Cultural DC, I believe. Or he has a cool accent. Yes, yes. he's British. Yes. Yes. Um, I met Gordon briefly, and he was lovely when I met him. Yes, he is a lovely person. Um, he, yeah. Yeah, he came in. Um, at the end of the festival this year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's a he's the he's the TD of cultural DC. So he he does space he does meet space. Mm, and, okay. Um, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And space at source. Cool. So, yeah. How do you know Golden? He, he we we oh, do electrics yeah. work together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is cool. speaking of the weird ways the community sort of yeah. reassembles itself in different places. Yeah. Because I I work at Folger. Uh, I was I'm the MEA folder this season, and I work at Arena Stage, and I work at uh, I've worked with the Washington Ballet, and now I'm working at Ford. So like, yeah, being in different integrated into different like now I'm the uh, now I'm the overhire who you shouldn't pay attention to. Don't talk to the designers, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm the assistant at some other right. place. So it's really yeah, and it is a small community that's really welcoming. I've I found that it to be very welcoming. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think to one thing that took me a bit of adjustment time coming to DC was it how far in the future DC plans. Mm. Oh, um, interesting. Which has been, especially as a director, because uh, I mean, first of all, being a new director where nobody, everybody's like, who's this person? Like, we don't know what you can do. And so, but having, for me, so for me, it was, it felt like it took a season to be able to yeah. get into anything because I had to go see stuff and then I had to go meet people and then I had to apply for a, a festival situation to, to show my skill. Cause then that's something in general as a director, I think is hard because I can't go do a monologue. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I can't right. go to an open call. Um, it just, it's a, and that's the nature of the beast. But, um, yeah. but that was something people would come and talk to me about it. They'd be like, Oh, but you have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, that application opens in June and it's October. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll see you in a year. See yeah. you in a year. So, but that's something that we've done maybe by accident this time, but our our auditions were this weekend, and it's today's January 12th. 12th. Yeah. Um, and our show goes up in March. Yeah. But what's been great about that is there are so many talented actors that don't have that filled because they're right now auditioning for stuff next year. Yeah, this so is, it's been yeah. cool because we've gotten all these people that just are so eager to work on something mm-hmm. too right now yeah um, yeah and it's been it's been really pleasant yeah i like that because i get excited i don't want to wait that's me though yeah no, oh i think that's great actually because precisely because so much of the major regional theaters where you where you would kind of try to have your bread and butter would be great but you're like as you're coming up as an actor you can't count on those right. but they also they audition very rarely like there's an open audition at the beginning and of the season, like just after they announce, which is either like May or June or whatever. And then six months later, they'll do another thing for whatever happens. And in between there, Scott, it would be great if there are opportunities to continue to work and work on their craft and be a part of what they do instead of whatever else. The... Yeah, I mean, my full-time job is in casting, right? So <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. we are already planning our season for neck, like casting starting in February for next fall, right? right? But it was great on Saturday 15, and... 16. Yeah, 15-16. Okay. 
So like this whole season has been cast in September. Right. Um, but what's been great about Saturday and Sunday for field trip auditions was like, I mean, I did see some familiar faces mm-hmm. that come through the imagination stage door, but then I also see a lot of people who, you know, have day jobs, but they're really fantastic actors and mm-hmm. they want to keep their day job right now or forever or whatever their choice is. Right. But like to have to work with those people is like kind of going to be a treat for me because um, I don't they don't come through our our little system that we have up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of a fun thing to like be able to do this in both worlds, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that the worlds are very different, um, but mm. well, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I guess so. Both it, have their, their good points. Yeah. Yes. But at one point, Imagination Stage was the size of Field Trip Theater. Right. So that's something that everyone should know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We plan to grow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the only way to do it. Growth doesn't usually happen accidentally, or it doesn't happen very well when when it happens accidentally. It happens better when you anticipate it. Yeah. So exciting and so rewarding for this upcoming season. Um, And it's something that's just I'm terrified but I'm really excited and the especially the response that we've gotten and I mean not just everybody that came to the reading but everybody that came to auditions we had so many we had to turn people away for auditions which is for like it's so positive knowing that the work that we're doing um we're trying really hard and it's being I think it's being received as as a value and Mm -hmm. and getting and especially with new plays I mean a new play is so much different than any other I mean the script is in flux right now. I mean, we're getting right You're new drafts and, new draft and we're going to, I mean, we had a design concept meeting the other day and I was like, so the play as it stands right now is this. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, I mean, the world, the set won't change very much because right. it's pretty great. I mean, where it is right it's now. So cool. um, like but oh. then like, we don't know if she's going to change the scenes around or yeah. if there's going to be more scene. Like I just, and what the character's projection will be and will that influence, you know, the costume designer in any way and definitely will influence the sound and lighting people, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just and among the actors and myself. But I don't know. It's just really exciting to do that. Yeah. And to add to that, um, something that we did uh, at this workshop, um, we started to do, and I think that we'll want to incorporate that in our, our upcoming workshops, too, is having a designer as a voice in the oh, development yeah. work yeah. process because this play in particular uh, sound is is its own character mm-hmm. and so we we got a sound designer to give us thoughts on like of which I think is so crucial for the playwright to understand because we're I mean this is a collaborative art form we're creating yeah. this world and a lot of times that can get added in later um, but we're, we're we're experimenting with that and also I think sometimes I mean my favorite designers are the designers that came that are dramaturgs as well yes you know, absolutely there. absolutely and um having that because that has a, another voice in the room which helps plays develop which i just i just love i love it so much and they bring a perspective that like no one else in the room even if you do like if you do some other stuff in that but they have like they're looking at it specifically from that viewpoint and they yeah. can say you know this is what i feel when i hear this or and and they'll talk about it in a way that you know, a dramaturg won't talk about it or a director yeah. won't talk about it. Yeah. And that's really, really cool. Um, and something we definitely want to continue to incorporate because this is, as we grow and build, you want to have those people on the ground floor Yeah. and you want after every production, even if you don't hire them for the next one, you want them to continue to want to work with you. Yeah. Because I mean, to be honest, we don't have resources to like pay people the things that we wish we could pay them, but we want to be able to provide them with an experience and opportunity that is, worthwhile of their time because we want to work with great people and we want to respect that and um, hopefully that enjoy their experience with the field trip so yeah i think so far it's been pretty good right (laughs) this is the funny voice part of the uh, i do want to add one serious thing okay well is that um one thing that we have talked about a lot is making sure that we do pay people something yeah Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, sometimes that means $50, Right. but th- that's what we can give. And that's, and it's important to us. And, um, it's something that we're like, we don't want to ask anybody to do something and be like, well, you're just doing this. 
Right. You know, right. I've been in that. I mean, I totally, and, well. and I think people, I mean, are willing to do that, though. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. we're saying, you know, $50 for time that we respect of you. Right. We're not going to keep you and ask you to do obscene amount of work for $50. I mean, it's going to be more work than, like, any, like, that a Shakespeare or any other company could provide us you. But this is a different opportunity, yeah. I think. Yeah. And yeah. so. And for us, that's. Very. No, I think that's that's a good tone though when you're interacting with people because sending that signal that your time is your time is valuable to me, like the designer's time is valuable in and of itself, and that we respect the value that you have in that time, and you know we're doing our value add. We will give you money, of course, uh, because to to send that signal. But our value add at the moment is something else. Is, mm-hmm. is the credit? Is the opportunity to develop this work? But but being upfront about that instead of sort of like just, I think there is too much squishiness about talking about money and and the fact of compensation. That just being able to say that right up front and very clearly is is great yeah. because it it sets a, a really good tone. Yeah. And I think something. I mean, the reason that is is. And I'm sure that everyone else in DC theater would agree is that people love theater and they love theater people. And that's, we want to make sure that my friend who is going to be the designer knows that, okay, you're my friend, but we're, we're professional right now. And I am respecting you as a theater artist because of this. And I'm going to give you whatever I can out of our budget to make that happen because I think you're important. And I think the work that you do is valuable. Right. Um, my boss at Imagination said the other day that, like, you know, a really great director is one that loves actors, right? Because they take care of them and they make sure that that process is really wonderful. And I think we kind of we do that in our rehearsal rooms, but we want to do that with our company to mm-hmm. take care of the people that, you know, like our other two cohorts who aren't here, um, Megan and Bobby Hunter. Uh, like, we want to make sure that, like, although we, no one of us are really getting compensated for the work we're doing right now. That we are, <laughs> that we are doing stuff that we're proud of, and that right. with people that we want yeah. to do great things with. So, I hope that sounded smart, world, because I, I don't know. It, I uh, it. Yeah, it's. It I was on a soapbox for a second. <laughs> I don't know if you could see that. Um, no. Yeah, audience, it's very visible in the room. I assure you, uh, it's a very beautiful soapbox, and I really mm. appreciated the craftsmanship. That yeah, I brought it from home. <laughs> It's also a really potent way to <laughs> The Verizon is across the street, so um, maybe you can get uh, a little bit more for your budget when mm, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's like stand next to the people. <laughs> no, okay. Sorry, we were just having a sidebar that Maureen didn't understand, so. Anyway, so let Aaron talk now. Well, I was just going to say, um, it was a, it's a really good place to end, actually, because we are at our hour. Oh, um, so great. It's a perfect high point. Hit him high and then bring him out. Uh, so this is the time uh, to, uh, is there anything that you want to plug? Okay, so this is what we were kind of talking about. Okay, so we good, have our yeah. next show that goes yes. up in March, right? Um, March, uh, I think, 5th is our tentative opening night. Okay. Um, but you TV have a D- website beyond the Tumblr or? Yeah, so yeah. fieldtriptheater.com. Okay. So right now it's very bare bones, but um, splash it's a splash page because <laughs> okay. we're a splash in the dark. No, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but because ripples in the water. Ripples in the water. But okay. so there'll be more from there. Um, but uh, hopefully by the time this goes live, um, we will have a fundraising campaign kicking off. Oh, uh, excellent. Um, new year, new play. New year, new work. New works. Okay. <laughs> If Aaron ever edited this, which uh, I don't, this is it's called New Year New Works, um, and we're hoping to raise four thousand four hundred forty-four dollars for our fourth season. Oh, cool! Very cool. Um, yes, and it's gonna start on well, on a forthcoming okay. date. Forthcoming. Get it? Um, so check out more email our website for that. Um, www.fieldtriptheater.com. Uh, so that's the next thing. But then, yeah, that's where all of our information will be. And okay. the Twitter, hopefully, will be on Twitter better. Yes. Um, and Facebook as well. And then also, um, I am Maureen at fieldtriptheater.com. And, and I'm Nick at fieldtriptheater.com. And we spell theater R-E. The right. Properly, the yeah. Properly. <laughs> the right I don't way. know. Some people. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, and then so then uh, Sprinkle will be in May at mm-hmm. a location well, TBD. Location TBD, hopefully in uh, the Eastern Market area, and then uh, please, please come check out the parking lot place because it's gonna be something crazy and cool. And I mean, please check out everything that we're gonna do. Um, and then also, I'm gonna steal something that Inkwell does. Okay. Uh, thanks, Inkwell. I think that you'd support that. I'd also just say. Uh, to plug just new plays and plays in general go see theater yeah. this is a great 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 town and there are so many wonderful things going on go see theater and take your friend from the office who only watches football because I watch football and I like football and I like theater that's all we gotta say I guess I guess so thank you Aaron thank you Aaron thank you, thank you. I'm so uh, happy that this worked out that we could finally <laughs> get together we've been chasing this one for a while so yes yes it's been great thank you thanks thank